listening to Nerds on Film with Roxy Noberry, Sean Moriarty, Gina Giovanetti, and Brian Moriarty. We're not going to waste any time, guys. Welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Roxy Noberry. I'm Vanessa Alvarez Moriarty. And welcome to our Oscar episode. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, indeed. And joining us uh, live in uh, our home is um, friends of the podcast, Miss Haley Lofgren. Hello! And Mr. Andrew Crocked. Hello! Uh, so, yeah, and th- so these guys were, of course, on the Oscar episode last year. And mm-hmm. in addition to that, they've kind of done their homework. They were with us this year at the Best Picture Showcase, so they really got a chance nice. to... Right, we also did the animated shorts and the live-action shorts, too. Yeah, so we, oh. we, did a, we saw a lot of movies together. And <laughs> oh they did my a lot God, of and you're not sick of each other yet? That's no, great. <laughs> we're not, surprisingly, believe it or not. Oh, I love it. Friendship. Good shit. I'm a little sick of them. <laughs> oh, okay. Not surprising. Yeah. Okay, so just let's just talk a little. Right, off of the, right, right off the bat there. So, Green Book. Oh, oh my god! Didn't see that coming. No, no really, oh. honestly, I yeah. really didn't. Like, it's the spotlight of it this is year. The spotlight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it, it's a good movie, and it has a really like heartfelt ending to it. But with yeah. all the controversy around the accuracy of the film, hmm. and all the momentum that Bohemian Rhapsody was building, like, I, I was actually very surprised. And not, I'm not necessarily saying that he Bohemian Rhapsody deserved it. Necessarily, but I was very surprised. I, I was very convinced that it was like 90% going to win. It was an odd lot of movies. If you're trying to figure out like which one's going to win, we had some that were too political in a way to win, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. I think some of the. And, oh, I've, yeah. go ahead. No, please. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was kind of said earlier, I think some of the best ones were a little bit too political. And I do think that, you know, as an organization, the Academy is trying to find something that's going to be a little palatable for everybody. Yeah. And Green Book does have a great message, but it's a little bit easier to stomach than some of the other good. ones. A little more yeah. feel good. You yeah. leave. Yeah, mm. exactly. I Very much so. Feel good. Yeah. And at the same time, it's also, even though it's not like directly political, certainly not like Vice, which is more mm-hmm. like politically adjacent to where we are right now. But it's definitely more like it's got the positive message of unity and overcoming the hurdle of racism um, that is very much topical to our country right now. But Mm. because it's put against the landscape of the 1960s, it doesn't feel as uh, hot button. A little little reverse driving Miss Daisy. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I said, actually, when we were watching it. I felt like this is a movie where if the odd couple and driving Miss Daisy ran at each other really fast... (laughs) <laughs> and created like the station that is this movie. So, or if Driving Miss Daisy went in reverse, <laughs> car joke. Okay, <laughs> my bad. Um, so let me just say this: my heart of hearts wanted Black Panther to win because holy shit, what a standout year for Black Panther! Am yeah, I right? No or am kidding. I right? Like honestly, I had a. I watched that movie three times in the last year. I right? saw it yesterday. And I saw it a couple weeks ago after it had been nominated. And I legit thought, wait a second, this is the most cinematic mm. of the Marvel cinematic movies that I've seen. Mm. And I was like, this has got a fighting chance, honestly. like it's Yeah, it really took on the heaviest kind of topics. I mean, it was like Shakespearean in a way. Really, mm. it was. Oh, I, very, very much so, yeah. Yeah, and I just... And I, honestly, in terms of watchability, <laughs> I mean, who wanted to see the favorite that wasn't like an art house film junkie or I dedicated to it, that type though. of film. 
I know, but nobody else saw it. It was, so it, it was the reader of this year's Oscars. You know what I mean? Like, remember the reader? Like, nobody yeah. saw that movie. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I will say that the reader, the sorry, not the reader, the favorite. Um, you got me all messed up because of the reader. <laughs> Still haven't seen the reader. <laughs> no, I have seen the reader. That's the funny thing. Um, so no, I, Wait, was that's that a Hugh Jackman joke? Was that a Hugh Jackman musical intro reference? Yes. So my favorite Oscar show of yes. all time. Oh. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Which we'll talk about His that Oscars in intro was the best. Um, I mean, we all saw The Favorite, I think. Andrew, did you see it? Okay. Uh, well, together, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. We all did see it together. Um, <laughs> Brian blacked out during the well, reading. We saw it last during, week. And during The Favorite. To, oh, Haley didn't see it. <laughs> I did buy it on my iPad. Okay. And I watched it. There you it. go. Okay, cool. Um, and yeah, it was very unique. I mean, really amazing cinematography. It's a very quirky story. Um, one that you would not expect to be told from like a period costume drama for sure um and it, it was not stiff like you're used to like these people all being like very stiff and like proper and right it was three and... gregarious unlikable women mm-hmm. oh tangent yeah. small tangent so during the Oscar, the best picture showcase they always do trivia and <laughs> brian just about lost it with the delivery of these poor theater workers doing the trivia getting rid of all their swag from yeah, the swag like, closet what pawning off their swag as prizes for trivia get and out they so one of the questions after we had watched the favorite was you know they used a lot of natural lighting and candlelight they didn't use studio lighting for uh this movie and they asked why was that and there was probably about every response under the sun. And Brian finally just threw his hand up and he just said, Cause it's too hot. <laughs> and it's true. And, but if that you, was the right answer. But, there, but the thing passing is, out. Yeah, but the thing is that, like you only know that if you've been on a film set or been or worked yeah. with film lights because Film lights burn super hot. I mean, hell, I've never worked mm. with film lights. Just stage lights alone make me want to die. Exactly. And, yeah. like, even in the dawn of an age where we're now, like, having LED lighting, which burns much, much cooler, that's still not commonplace yet. And so, <laughs> like, just just from a pure practical point, I'm like, you're talking about a woman who's wearing four to five layers with those, like, hoop dresses Probably about like eighty pounds of clothing. Yeah, and the wigs. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. And you want to put studio lights under those? Fuck to the no. <laughs> oh my god. And no wonder Olivia Coleman won her award. You know what I mean? Because yeah. damn, and if you're dealing with that many elements and still have to pull off a performance like that, yeah, exactly. all credit is due. That's and then, all. I'm and saying. now, honestly, if you think about it, if you look at how a lot of costume dramas use natural lighting, that's fucking why. It's because the <laughs> actors would have a stroke if they had I been I also wonder seriously. if it might be the historical buildings that they're also probably using. That's sure, very photosensitive. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. interesting. That... that really reminds me of The Libertine with Johnny Depp. Do you guys remember that movie? No. I, I only mm-hmm. saw them opening monologue of it. It's based off of a play, but mm-hmm. they did use a lot of, like, let the, they did a lot of um, very, I guess you would say in digital terms, high ISO lighting because they had to use candlelight for a lot right. of the darker shots. Yeah, they also mm-hmm. did that with, um, Persuasion. It was a Jane Austen one, I think, done like late '90s, early 2000s. It was all candlelight, mm. natural light, and natural sound mm-hmm. too. Nice, yeah. nice. And it's well, that's to, awesome. Yeah, and it's easier to do that with film. But since this was, I mean, since digital is now the industry standard, the trouble with that is it creates a kind of a graininess that looks mm-hmm. um, 
more so than just like a, a film greeniness, it looks just weird. It, yeah, the, the, like the blacks do this weird thing where they're like, they get all like little, like, yeah. It looks like someone put sprinkles basically uh, in the background of it. And this movie did it's a pretty green. good job of offsetting that. I mean, there was still, it was, the noise was still kind of there, but it was, it wasn't I nearly. I really thought they had a shot at cinematography, the favorite, I, because, because of all hmm. the candlelight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, I was not surprised at all when Bohemian Rhapsody won Best Editing because the editing, <laughs> some people hated the editing on that film. I actually very much enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting because that was almost kind of like a backhand nod to, to Brian Singer because Brian Singer and John Ottman worked together very closely. They've worked on most of their films together. Uh, is Brian I think, Singer the gentleman with a bit of controversy? Yes, he is the gentleman with, with a bit of controversy. With the bit of controversy? <laughs> to understate oh, baby. It, to understate it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, honey bunny. That is the understatement of the century right there. Yeah, he, that man is, yeah, I have all sorts of strong feelings about that man right there. And I don't even know like where to start with all of that. Just all the accusations and all of the criminal proceedings and all of the stories that come out about him yeah. that he has vehemently denied. I mean, it's it, it it's too late for right. him. Right over you know what over I mean? span of like what like twenty years. Yeah, and yeah. it's and it's really sad because it's, it's he's almost becoming a Woody Harrelson. Oh, uh, not Woody Harrelson. Mm. Sorry. Woody <laughs> Al- no, Woody Harrelson's fine. Um, <laughs> you really shoot Harrelson out of this, Brian. Yeah. Because of that comment, yeah. Brian. He's, you know, it's like three billboards all over again. Um, um, he uh, is becoming kind of a Woody Allen because, I mean, this is the man that gave us the usual suspects. And, yeah. you know, and the X-Men early Starring movies. another person steeped in so, controversy. Exactly, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> oh, it's... Oh, God. It's so he's, pervasive. He's, he's given, like, huge landmark pieces of cinema, and yet now he's mired in controversy because Hollywood has some very, very deep and dark closets, unfortunately. All right, kids. Well, let's get out of those closets and talk about our ballots. Who did a ballot? Because I did one. Uh, I'm going to share. Okay. I did not do a ballot this year because... God damn it, Brian. Oh, talk about this. fuck off. Um, <laughs> it, it's in his head. We, we, we say this to each other all the time. Um, no, we don't. I was <laughs> Brian, you're being mean. That makes you feel better. <laughs> I, too, did not do a ballot. I will say that I was right that... that um, Quaron was going to take uh, cinematography, and he was going to take director. best foreign film and, and director uh, and director, but he that he okay. was not going to take best picture, and okay, it was the wrong movie I that I thought up. was going to win, but I was ultimately yeah. correct about that. This is where I fucked up on my ballot. I fucked up on Best Picture because I thought Roma was going to take it. Right. But I guess you can't win Best, you know, Foreign Feature and Best Director and Best Picture. Apparently, well, not, that you not can't. so. It's just it's the odds are stacked against you. A film yeah. has never taken a, a film that is nominated in a feature category of another kind, whether it's documentary feature or uh, animated mm. feature or, in this case, Best Foreign Film. Mm. They, they just if you win in one it's almost impossible for you to win in the other it's almost like the academy is giving you the consolation prize for uh that by saying well you're not gonna get best picture but we'll give you this instead fine whatever okay yeah. i got best director because you know quaron is the bomb i missed actress in a leading role i thought glenn close was gonna take it we What's all thought glenn Everyone. close the, was gonna take it oh the room my god was upset shook. of the year Right? And again, nothing against Olivia Coleman. Super humble acceptance speech. Wonderful <laughs> performance. But I gotta tell you, like after watching The Wife, the first five minutes of that movie alone It's like a masterclass. Is 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 Oof. beautiful. And it's all her just mm. fucking looking listening. Responding listening and and like reacting facially. Ugh. Unbelievable. 
unbelievable. So good. Okay, so I got actor in a leading role because Rami Malek is. I, I think that was almost a given because he won the Golden Globe and the SAG Award, and it was honestly it was a great performance. And the BAFTA. I really did think Christian Bale had a shot. He did. A lot of people he, did. He would have been like the underdog for sure. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Yeah. It was the first time oh. I did not hate Christian Bale in a movie. So. <laughs> well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoop de doo. <laughs> yeah, well, good old Christian Bale, right? With his on, with his um. Hence antics. Really okay, and then I got actress in a supporting role, Regina King. We all saw that coming. Yeah. That was a great win. Um, I honestly, I would have loved it if Amy Adams could have taken it, though, just because I want my girl Amy to win, you know? She's I loved her in Sharp Objects. I loved her in Vice. I mean, her body of work lately has just been so consistent and so solid. She She's really come into her own. And I've loved her since Junebug, which was her first mm. nomination. Um, Amy Adams can do no wrong, and I want to see her have her day in the sun. You know, I just I want her I want her to win so bad. So I don't know. That's she my will thing get her. Adams. She will get her. We need to put her Oscar. and Glenn Close in a movie together. Ooh, there's an idea. <laughs> there there is an idea. I could oh dig it. Oh my god. Okay, I fucked up on actor in a supporting role, y'all. I thought Richard E. Grant was gonna take it. Like I had heard he so much about him. He had just won the Independent Spirit Award for that performance, too, yeah. the night before. I didn't think he was going to so. win, but who, uh, Andrew, since you so eloquently told me to eat my words, who did, you, who did no. I say was going to win? Oh, you thought it was going to be, um, oh, Sam I, did you say no. Sam Elliott? Adam who did Driver. you say? Adam Driver. You thought Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Oh, you thought Adam Driver? Who, who, Adam I don't even Driver? remember looking at this list. I didn't think it was going to be Mahershala Ali because he just won two years ago. I knew he would win, but I really did like Adam Driver. And you know, can I you have, believe that Mama Herschel Ali is the first black actor to win twice? Twice in that category. Yeah, he's two for two. Isn't that great? For yeah. nominees and I mean, and let's be honest, he's just he's an amazing actor. He really right? is. And his performance as Don Shirley was stunning. Like it. The was, only one who shares that distinction is uh, Denzel Washington. That's the only other one. Oh really? wow. Oh, so mm. no black actor has ever won Best Supporting twice because Denzel is leading and supporting. You know, I'm going to have to double check my sources, but I believe that is wow. the distinction. Yeah, it's right, because yeah. he, he got Best Supporting, I think, for, for Glory, Glory, and, and then, then for, Training Day, I yeah. think, was what got him yeah. the Best Leading Actor. You know, Shit. I'm, I'm so happy for Mahershala, but, I, you know, this happens every, every so often. Hmm. I do feel like it's a little bit of category fraud, because I don't think Ooh. Dr. Shirley is a supporting role. And Ooh. he had so much to do. I mean, I really want to say it's a case of co-leads yeah. and the, the studio said we don't want them to compete against each other, yeah. which as is, so often happens. Which is really kind of unfair yeah. because they do this to women a lot with supporting actress. Yeah. They Viola cast, Davis, Fences, yeah. that was a lead. Well, not just that, but like yeah. they also do that where they nominate two women from the same film mm. supporting and they almost always cancel each other out for that exact same wow. reason. And if so they did that with this, Best Actor... Yeah. Fuck, that would yeah. have been yeah. crazy. Check this out. Mahershala Ali is literally the only second black actor to receive two Academy Awards in his career. Period. No. Denzel wow. is the only other black actor. Period. Not even in either categories. It's just Academy Awards in general. Props <laughs> to him. That's this amazing. Is so cool. Because this is the first time that an African American won Best Production Design too this yeah. year. <gasps> Yeah, That's right. Yeah, and honestly, okay. if there's an award that Black Panther should have won, oh. production design was phenomenal. Unbelievable. So the well of deserved. 
Yeah, uh, and costumes. Yeah. And costumes, yeah, exactly. Just oh, like, my God. How, like, vicariously angry were you when she walked up and the, like, pudgy old white man stepped on her dress? And she was like, you're on my dress. I didn't and even her notice. I, I started, had a little bit of secondhand and awkwardness. I was, I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> God, it gave me a heart attack. I was like, no, don't ruin her moment. Also, oh. I just loved that announcement of the costume nominees. Come on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. best oh Melissa McCarthy in that getup. Uh, and oh okay, so God. since we're talking about long overdue Oscars, Spike Lee, mm. yes. history again. Yes. Uh, all right, another yeah, first time a, a black man has won for best screenwriting, uh, for best oh. original screenplay, I believe. We Real- finally got his. Oh yeah. Gosh. yeah. Right. So on finally. top of that, um, and of course, Spike Lee never having been nominated but never winning. Andrew is checking the rooms. Well, just right now no, because we both get, me and Vanessa gave a look, and I'm like, is that true? Get out! Get out! Oh, that's yeah. true. Oh, no, wow. it's just so stupid. So no, Spike. But Klansman was adapted screenplay though. Klansman was adapted that's, and Get Out get was out original. Was original. Was I original thought you just said original. I did okay. say original, and I misspoke. I apologize. But it's for the that. first Oscar for Spike, though, right? Big, so yes. that in itself. Yeah, original five nominations. They said yes, despite looking like Prince's chauffeur. Um, <laughs> no, we talked about this, Brian. He looked like Waluigi. Waluigi. Sean said he was dressed by the Waluigi from. <laughs> that is perfection. <laughs> He's got to represent. Side by side. Twins. <laughs> Twinning. Oh, oh my god, god. I um, love that. But you know what? You honestly, know what? I, I messed up on the adapted screenplay. I thought that Beale Street was gonna win that one. But you know, but I guess, I'm glad Clancy did. It to Spike Lee, he matched 100 from like the glasses to the hat to the shoes. The shoes were gold. <laughs> it was Whatever. a full look. It was Ooh, also. Shit. I love. The, did you? I wouldn't know. Anyone else notice the little shuffle he did when he uh, when he. Oh, at the very end. Yes, I'm like, <laughs> was that between? Was that before or after he spooned with uh, Samuel L. Jackson? Oh my god! And apparently he's BFFs with Barbara Streisand. Like how? Oh, crazy I, I want to see that friendship play out. Ooh, yeah. That's that road trip movie. Where's that road trip? Where's that buddy cop? <laughs> Where's movie? that road trip see. movie? <laughs> and in case you have a lot of hats, I just want to oh throw this god. out there in case some listeners are like, wait a minute, because I know I do this on podcasts. So (laughs) Spike Lee was not the first, but it's not Mm -hmm. too long ago. The very first African-American winner for best adapted screenplay was uh, Jeffrey Fletcher for Precious. That was just a decade ago. Oh, okay. And then we have winners for 12 Years a Slave and Moonlight. So this is the fourth So you know, I I am completely wrong in this case. Get off the podcast. And I apologize. Yeah, Brian, it's time for you to leave. (laughs) That's my own just blatant white ignorance. (laughs) I didn't realize um, Precious broke that much history only a decade ago. Yeah, but I mean, it is a long overdue achievement for Spike Spike Lee. For sure. Straight up. Straight up. At this point, I thought he was going to get like a lifetime achievement <laughs> yeah. before he won. But Here you, know, you go. Goodbye. But you know what? The sad thing is that I thought that it was the first time in a while, which is tell us, telling me that there's not enough representation yeah. at the Oscars, you know? Okay. So, But between, between, back to Melissa McCarthy, though, between her and her little <laughs> oh rabbit, God, the oh rabbit and God. Maya, Amy, and oh. Tina opening the show... I, I mean, those two moments alone, like, saved the show for mm-hmm. me. Because the rest of it was just weird. Like, without... The, I have, I've i never seen the show without a host. And it's been, what, 30 years? So, uh, obviously, years, before yeah. my time. Like, I, I this was a first for me, for sure. I had no idea what to expect at all. This is true. And you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of back uh, about 21 years ago. When Whoopi Goldberg hosted, and she came out, she did like five or six costume changes. Right, every time <laughs> nice. they had a um, Best Picture nominee, she did a costume. Because I remember, because she was uh, for Pleasantville, she was nice. all in gray. And she came out. Gosh. And she came out um, as Queen, Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yes, That's that was amazing. how she was introed. 
Uh, and then she came out again so. as William Shakespeare uh, in for the same yeah because it was Elizabeth and Shakespeare in Love were both nominated that year. Wow! Um, and just That's like amazing. that was like harkening back to that era. And honestly, with those two, like you said, and with her, we didn't even miss a host at all. Like it was a yeah. tight show. It was three hours fifteen minutes basically, and like it just it just it was great. Sorry, I don't know. It was really. <laughs> Okay, so I liked how tight it was. I liked how it, you know, it kept to the script, right? There was nothing that was too shocking or too overly political or too off base or scandalous. I'll give it that. I think it was a nice recovery from, you know, years past where things have been really kind of, you know, scattered and and sort of chaotic. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Honestly, this was kind of like the actual Super Bowl for me. It was kind of boring. It was I lacking hate to a say it. Personality. Yeah, yeah. because it, it really didn't was. have a personality. It literally didn't host. have a personality. Thank you. Yeah, I really felt that way. I mean, honestly, Bradley Cooper and Gaga really like brought back. You know, it, they they brought me back to my sentimentality with their performance of Shallow. Like, oh, I, that was I felt so cute. My heart was you know pitter pattering a bit with all of that. That was lovely. <laughs> And the in memoriam in in memoriam sequence was was fairly beautifully done. I will say that. Um, There's however, a lot of restraint. I feel like yeah. with the Oscars. Yes, there really was. Absolutely, well said. Yeah. It makes me yeah. almost wonder what the future of award shows are in general because it's a PC this year nightmare. was a bad year for the Golden Globes. It was a bad year for the um, for the Super Bowl. And it was a, it just in general, which is obviously not an award show, but still like a, I mean, a, even a major sad live. Was a little awkward. Exactly, like a, mm. with a, with live TV events and award shows, which oh playing into that, it makes me almost wonder if the Academy will even renew its contract with ABC in a couple <gasps> of years, and you maybe they'll what? maybe they'll go with a streaming service and just do an uncommercialized, just straight up like version of it that huh. you can potentially watch live as it's being like debuted, but then it's just on there for you to stream. I don't know. The Oscars are an institution. They're like, like Tina Fey said, it's the millionth time they've done this. You know? <laughs> sure. I, I, I have no doubt the Academy Awards will, as a, as a TV event, will carry on in some fashion. Uh, whether it's a live one with a bunch of commercials, I don't, I'm not sure if that future is set in stone. I feel like that they're going to have to adapt to keep the audience where they want it to be, you know? So who knows what that, who knows what that looks like? I don't know. But um, I don't know. I think that Oscars have always done a damn good job at dipping into nostalgia for me. Um, and films are nothing if not nostalgia. Right. And I think the most successful shows in the past that at least I really enjoyed have done a great job at the sentimentality piece mm. and the nostalgia piece and the all around um, operatic spectacle that the Oscars can really be. Um, a perfect example of that one is whenever they do a montage. Honestly, something as simple as a montage can take a, a, a show a long ass way, especially when it's done well. And those parts of any type of, the, of these types of shows are honestly my favorite because it's a celebration of an entire year's worth of work that we've all enjoyed in some way or the other. And it's not even work that's been nominated. It's work that we've all gone to see. It's work that we've all appreciated and loved in some way because we're all fans of the movies. Yeah. And I think that's another reason why they brought so many people out tonight to to present that weren't even actors because everyone that came out tonight was a fan of the movies. Yeah. You, so you, why not put that center stage? Why not celebrate that you, you know, know it's funny you bring that up and I, I when you're thinking i was thinking about the opening montage to the awards and you know what i thought i, I kind of missed 
was mm. when Billy Crystal used to insert himself into classic ah. movie scenes <laughs> and oh, exchange yeah. dialogue with the actors. <laughs> Um, yeah. So maybe the Oscars, I mean, even though this was not a terrible, it was certainly not the train wreck that people were predicting it was going to be. It was um, no Anne Hathaway and James Franco. That's, no. that's for sure. Um, <laughs> even Anne Hathaway acknowledged that on Instagram. Right. Um, <laughs> it still felt like it needed that cohesion. And I'm just kind of curious, if you could have like your pie in the sky, who would you be your ideal Oscar host? I have one. Okay. Anybody else? I'd bring. I'm curious to hear everybody's. I don't know if I have one. I would take that trio: Tina Fey. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, Polar, Maya Rudolph. I think mm -hmm. there because also you can kind of tag team it, so it's not all one person the whole night. Sure, that's true. Fair, fair point. Um, I have, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, bouncing off that real quick. I mean, I I read a lot of articles. You know, it's kind of a thankless job. It can have bad effects on you if it's not a great gig. Uh, but I remember one of the only award hosts that I'll ever remember is the very first Tina Fey, Amy Poehler Globes. I remember laughing oh, so yeah. much. So I that think, yeah, actually that trio I think would be great. <laughs> Who Good are you going to say? Okay, so I have a few options. I would love to bring Hugh Jackman back. Yeah. Because you can arguably say the reason he even got Le Miz and The Greatest Showman is because of that opening sequence he did for the Oscars. Nobody really took him seriously as a song and dance man in Hollywood. Sure, they did on Broadway and whatever. But ever since then, his career has done what it's done. So I want to give Hugh Jackman a chance to come back and really kind of go, come full, full circle with that. Okay. Um, especially because that show in particular is my golden standard that I'll always hold the Oscars mm. to for me in my lifetime. Um, since I've been a fan of the Oscars itself. So Oscars 2009, man, that's, that's yeah, my golden standard. Yeah, every so standard. often I literally just watch that opening number. Just to remind myself how good it is. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? Okay, and then I would love, just because I think it's become kind of a fearsome duo that I think has kind of stolen our hearts, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I think now they're I'm just, hilarious I'm just thinking together. of that like, ugly sweater party photo. Yeah, right? With Where Jake they're Jones. laughing at him. <laughs> that is pretty good. I think they're a great comedic pair. I think they'd be great. That is pretty good. Yeah. Right? Hey, and but then, you know what? If we learned yeah. anything from tonight, how about Spike Lee and Barbara Streisand? I'm getting up Honestly, John Mulaney and Aquafina could probably oh. carry the show. That's too. my third option that I would love to see oh. Aquafina and John Mulaney. Bring yeah. it on. Yes. Babe, do you have any uh, people you would like to see who. Well, let's say someone who's never hosted the Oscars before, but you would want to. Just parade all the Hemsworths out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. That's okay. uh, Shirtless. Yeah, I'm torn. Um, excuse me, buttless. Or no, chapless. <laughs> oh, yeah. butt butts out. It's because they're at Roxy's house. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm really I torn. I have the butts. I mean, my, my gut was like the person who I've never seen host who I think would be amazing at it is Conan O'Brien. But mm. I know he's also just kind of like a fairly like cookie cutter comedian host like choice that doesn't really like break the mold or make any do anything. Right, that would be like James Corden or something. Exactly. You know? Which yeah. again would be another great choice because you know that he can do it, but it doesn't like really add anything to like give an X factor to it. So right. um, I'm kind of torn. I mean, honestly, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler would be pretty freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. And Maya in and there Maya, to kind of yeah. change it up it a little be, bit. That, from that would be pretty spot on. Although Maya, yeah. I don't know what you were wearing. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> that, that duvet cover of a dress. We haven't <laughs> talked about fashion at all. Can I just chime in real quick? Like, um, I just want to say, I mean, I'm, it's going to sound like a broken record, but I mean, Glenn Close was dressed like a winner. 
that like yeah. it was very reminiscent to me of Meryl's Iron Lady, Iron Giant, Iron dress, Iron Lady, the Iron Lady. Oh, I love the Iron Giant. She really made me cry. Gold's a great color. Um, definitely looked like that's clearly a dress that you're gonna give a speech in, and so that but, was just yeah. another layer of why my heart was broken yeah. for her. Me uh, too. So sad. How did we so feel sad. about the uh, the Mike Myers Dana Carvey? Uh, cameo that they gave. That I was feel so like great. maybe like forty percent of that audience got it. Yeah, I felt like a child again. Yeah, I, I think- know. I definitely banged my hair at the moment <laughs> in the song when they did it. I was absolutely head Absol- head we banging into I that part. Too. I think the elder millennials in the room certainly got the joke. Anyone oh my who was God. born after totally. 95 would probably be like, huh? who are these oh, people? I watched that. Austin Powers. So What's Austin Powers doing up there? Yeah. And I wore out the cassette tape. Of my <laughs> Queen cassette tape in my Aerostar minivan as a child. <laughs> <laughs> we had similar childhoods. So what? What was? Ev- did everyone have like a favorite moment, whether that be a speech or something that happened? Even who's just like something uh, stupid. I did that's... love Olivia Coleman's speech. Yeah. I feel like the standing ovation is getting a little tired though, because they did it for everybody. Everything. Got everything. Something. I'm just like Whoa. really. It feels <sighs> almost like we're in a fascist regime right now. It's just like it was well everyone stands up for a lot of them though. Sure, but there was a lot of them this time around. Like, did, okay. did Olivia Coleman deserve a standing ovation? No. Eh. No. Like, it was a wonderfully yeah. endearing speech. Did she deserve a standing ovation? No. no. Glenn Close had won. Yes, one hundred percent, absolutely. But you know who did deserve a standing ovation? Costume designer for Black Panther. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. She. Okay. Let me tell you guys how emotionally invested I was in the show at that point because we had literally just come off the heels of the worst and, by, hands down, the worst acceptance speech blunder I have oh, ever seen the on the script? show. The makeup oh, department oh, oh, for oh fucking Vice. Okay, they like were like this like trio of blundering, nervous mouth breathers who like, had no idea what to do on oh. television. Yeah, it felt like like a middle school like project. <laughs> it's your line. It's your turn. Yeah, yeah and you know I was I, I've <gasps> never ever at all before tonight been thankful that the band played off. Uh, mm. But they speech. still didn't stop. Yeah, they yeah. kept going, which was the horrible part. Mm. I just, I don't know. They need to have like etiquette classes. Well, I mean, I understand people school. get flustered and nervous, but like, you know, I think really pick a point person. Yeah, one yeah. person gets to do all the thank yous. Right. And um, and he and the guy. I, I mean, I don't remember any of the names. Forgive me, but just. He started off and it was going kind of comfortable. And then the other two ladies had their lists out, but then it was like they didn't rehearse or something. No, and not at all. And she's like, like trying to yeah. tell him, like, say this, yeah, you say, say this. It also kind of reminded me of like every awkward baby or bridal shower I've been to where like the women <laughs> get up and try to talk about the bride or the mom. And it's like, oh, this yeah. is not going well. No. And you have so much empathy fatigue for them because you just want them to like not be so in so much pain that it they're hurt. in at the it same hurt. time you're in pain listening to them yeah i yeah i can't help but think back to robin williams talking about the the internally what your body oh. goes through <laughs> to thank your you, mother. yeah when you like the whole like <laughs> mm, then but then 
<laughs> and then your brain just goes, what? Yeah, they never got out of that first stage. Exactly. <laughs> but then yeah. to counter that with the Black Panther win, I thought that was a very graceful shift to oh. a very empowering moment and a very astute moment in the in the show. You know? Yeah. She yeah. carried herself with so much grace. Speech. Beautifully written. Yeah, right? And how everyone stood for her and how historic that moment was. I thought that really brought the show back to earth and, you know, back yeah. into our hearts and minds again. Because they were losing us for a good second there. And if I could be really earnest for a moment, like I think that's why I still like watching the Oscars. Yes, it's mm. cool to see certain actors get their, their their due and win an award, but it's really the people who, who their bread and butter is this industry, who yeah. they go film to film working, and they don't ever anticipate Oscars. They view the night as just a fun night to dress up, mm-hmm. to get recognized, and to give a really... Those are the people who are earnestly and honestly thankful for the oh, awards absolutely. that they get. And I really honestly hope that if they ever cut those awards from the from the the televised show then honestly like the 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 award show is dead at that point i agree they just they make they make that so much worth watching because you sing of such a naturally human well and also the actors are such a tiny part of what makes a movie such a tiny so much has happened before they even come to play years of preparation and then the actor comes in yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Even the short film categories are such a staple in in the, the Academy Awards that you have to include them. Yeah, I, I really appreciated how when they talked about the live action shorts, how those films in particular really do explore the world and the human condition <laughs> in a global way that we don't really get to see. And you know, I, and the human condition is very harsh on children, is what yeah, we learned love, from live action. <laughs> it's like children literally kill or be killed. Well, yeah, and Go also over. let's not forget that that category oftentimes leads to directors getting work to direct a feature-length feature. film. I mean, heck, look at mm-hmm. Whiplash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whiplash. True that. Was True that, that nominated? Like, the inspiration was a nominated live-action short? No, I think or the no, director of that had done a short film previously. Okay, was it nominated? Right. We don't, yeah, or, I thought it won. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, yeah he and then used they, that they as were... the jumping-off point to get the yeah. full-length made. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I mean, thinking about animated for a second, I can't help but think about John, John Lasseter because he won a Student Academy Award when he was at CalArts. Wow. Then he won a short film Academy Award again. I can't remember what the shirt was for. And then, of course, he won the special Oscar for Toy Story. Um, mm. And like mm. that would never have happened if it wasn't for those kind of categories, you know? Yeah, I have to say this was my first year uh, watching the the shorts. We all did it uh, the night before. Yeah. Um, two nights ago, we did the we saw all of them uh, live action and animated and. I was blown away at some of the acting in those live action ones. I am now like all for this. I can't wait to see these ones in particular next year. I just, it's (laughs) like, you know, you have such a short amount of time and these performances, I mean, some of these kids, what was that? Mama? Madre. Madre. Yeah. Some of these kids, I mean, and and the adults, they were just blew me away. Yeah. Madre was. Yeah. I've only been to one short film showcase before and the one that i thought was going to win did that year and oh. i thought it was w- very well deserved and i feel like those showcases in particular are so they're so manageable to watch because i feel like you're not marathoning a long you know amount of time and you're still getting a lot of quality storytelling and filmmaking in so there's they're definitely worth your time if people if people should do them more often honestly yeah, I mean, you can get through all of them usually in about if you if you skip the the highly commended ones, which they do for the animated films, you mm-hmm. can get through them in about three hours. That's and a good chunk. Yeah, and that's not bad. It's yeah. not bad. You see ten short films, mm-hmm. you know, really. 
But uh, speaking of short films, the acceptance speech for period end of sentence had me laughing so hard. She's like, I'm not emotional because I'm not on my period. I'm emotional <laughs> because this is happening. I'm just like, yes, girl. I know. I know. Yeah. I appreciate that. It was funny because you were talking about the short showcase. And I think one of the things that was really cool this year is that they had, I think for of the animated films, three of the five nominees, they, they cut in a video during the credits of those short films of them watching the nominations get announced and then finding <laughs> out that they got nominated. Oh. It was such a they sweet... They did that for the animation. Exactly, yeah. yeah for the it, said that, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, oh, I'm so glad that Bao won. I loved Bao. Yeah, I mean, oh. it's well, hard to... Especially the animated ones because they, t- they take a good amount of time. That's yeah. a commitment. It's a huge commitment. Yeah. I will say, that, I mean, Pixar has obviously a huge track record um, almost flawless track record with their short films. Um, but at the same time, I honestly thought Late Afternoon was going to win. I did too. I loved Late really? Afternoon. It was amazing. It's this, it's this story about a woman who is basically, if you notice that she was the only one whose head was not attached to her body, she, did, she was the only one without a neck. And it was because um, she's been fighting dementia. I, and mean, so I the, think full on Alzheimer's. Yeah. And yeah. so the movie is her search toward, is her, like her quest toward lucidity. And it was kind of a minimalist style of animation. Yeah. Very dreamy, mm. very like a memory. It's a little notebooky of, at the very end. Yeah. It was yeah. beautiful. And that beautiful shot at the end of when it like the, the name is there and it washes away in the gray. I'm like, oh, heartbreaking. Yeah. I Aww. absolutely loved it. Yeah. Wow. And such a topic to tackle with short animation. Absolutely. And then the same thing. Bao too. also made me yeah. cry. And Bao, I think, also covered... It's so cool how these animated shorts cover kind of relevant... I, I like the kind of like parallel... Parable, excuse me, uh, like allegorical level to Bao. I kind of like that. It was like, oh, at the end, I had no idea where this is going. And then I was like, oh, I get it now. I thought that was great. I like how they both covered these things. I remember how there was initially a little bit of backlash about Bao because a lot of people didn't get didn't it. Didn't get it. I'm just like, huh. well, it wasn't made for you. Like that's <laughs> no, the thing. Wasn't? Like, like seriously, because most people who didn't get, it, let's face it, were were a bunch of white people who didn't understand like anything about the Asian American experience. You know, oh, uh, the white people case, the ruining everything. Exactly. And like, <sighs> I mean, first off, I mean, everyone knows at this point that I'm white, Irish, Catholic. Like, <laughs> I had no problem. Present company excluded. Yeah, I just like it didn't. I didn't have a hard time empathizing with this. I, I thought it was cute. And then like when you find out, oh, it's actually her like projecting onto her son. Like that's Yeah, my beautiful. only thing was like, I thought like literally has this woman lost her mind? That's what I was like, what is like, happening? Um, what has happened? And then at the end I was like, uh, I get it. <laughs> no, but it see, like a kid like me. didn't finish it. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, it's just like, it's a fucking cartoon. Okay, so she raises a, a dumpling. Okay, fine. Let's go with it. It's her little I'm dumpling. <laughs> yeah. No, but see, like me with like having a family that immigration is part of my story and food is such a huge mm-hmm. part of my family's culture, I immediately was able to kind of connect with that because it's the immigrant story, right? Sure. And it's the yeah. generational story, right? So there's definitely, a, like, you know, like he was saying, like the beautiful allegorical element to it um, where you, you're able to still connect it to your life somehow, especially if you have these connections to culture in the way that a lot of these films definitely did. And speaking of culture, there was so much POC representation in this show. Oh, 
even the, uh, just in the short, the animated shorts, I think three out of five focused around Asian characters. Right? Isn't mm-hmm. that great? I think there was way more representation that we ever could have bargained for. And <laughs> also, it's just amazing about face. Also with the short films, apparently four out of five filmmakers hate children. Uh, because <laughs> <that action. laughs> because you have Madre about a woman, about a child who's gone missing and potentially being abducted. Children you know murdering what? another child. Uh, it's lost relevant. children whose friend gets drowns in quicksand. And then a darling French Canadian woman who yeah, you find out used to be in love old, with a woman. Old Canadian lesbian. Exactly. Like <laughs> I fuck with that. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly the children it was kill or be killed. Right. <laughs> it's Lord of the Flies up in this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Oscars, everyone. <laughs> Oh, oh my, my God. God. But yeah, no, honestly, so much representation and so many beautiful, strong women. Oh, my God. I'm so glad there were so many more women filmmakers represented this time and around. And also in the technical categories, too. Yeah. Yes. In future award years, like, how do we, where do you want the Oscars to go? What are, what are you hoping the Oscars will do that maybe haven't done before? Maybe it's whether it's new categories being worked in or maybe it's a different, a change in format or whatever it is. Like, well, I know it... one thing that you've talked about a lot is um, introducing the the capture as a oh like, that um like mocap. the mocap yeah, yeah or even voice acting yeah oh I actually or I mean my as radical, part of the acting my ra- my radical point of, point of view award. is you allow you you hold on for this. It's going to get weird. <gasps> Hold on for this. You abolish supporting actress, supporting actress, supporting act, best actor, actress. You have supporting actor and actor. Right. Genderless. Ten nominees to both. And it's all mediums. mocap, voice, and live action. Wow. That would really change nice. it up. I wouldn't say ten. I'd say eight. And I'm with you. Okay. And we'll, or we'll, go, we'll go with the Academy Standard. Minimum five, maximum ten. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um... I think I know it's I know that's a yeah, radical genderless. shift, but it's it's genderless, and you're honestly yes, it's Best the people are gonna say it's year. my favorite men, Doesn't matter who. but honestly, it's just like, and I mean, I would even be okay with saying okay, best actor, best actress, and having ten, ten or eight and eight, whatever, and then it being all mediums as well. But I think it's time that mocap actors and voice actors get the long overdue recognition they deserve for the work that they're doing. If those cartoons can keep making me cry, something's doing, something mm. on the acting side exactly. is happening. And anybody who's ever dabbled into voice acting knows that oh. it is just as much, a lo- a, just a different style of acting. It's like doing mime. It's a different style mm. of acting, but it's an equally valid form of acting than what we're used to seeing. Um, it's not all just coming into work in your pajamas. No, but doesn't that sound great? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. God, and I'm still waiting for the best stunt acting to be yes. acknowledged. Yes, absolutely. That, also long overdue. And I also dream of, just like the SAGs, having an um, ensemble acting <gasps> award. Yeah. Also, I was thinking about this because I was looking about this this year. I didn't realize that agents and uh, casting directors can join the Academy, which makes me wonder, why the fuck isn't there a best casting Oscar? Because hmm. honestly, casting can make or break a film. It's a huge hmm. part of it. Yeah, That's an why interesting not give idea. casting directors their 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 overdue hmm. recognition for that? You know. Yeah, Brian, have we shared on the show um, what we did on the thread a while back about our made up um, categories 
that we did. <laughs> did we, have we shared that on the show no, yet? No, we have I'm, not. Nerdotomy's behind the meat curtains. <laughs> okay, guys. So I went back into the Nerdotomy text thread and I found a um, a time when we pulled our heads together collectively and made up new categories for the Oscars. So I'm going to go ahead and Not read additions, through a few of them. Not additions, just complete substitutions? Just tom- complete substitutions. Okay. So we start with... Um, okay, what do we start with? Uh, shit, hold on. Okay. I think we started with me saying best sequel to a sequel category. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> and then we went on to best Easter egg in a film, which is Dave. Um, best stinger at the end of a Marvel movie. Best use of The Rock, which is Sean. <laughs> best Stan Lee cameo. Best running away from something. Tom Cruise is the only nominee. Best angry European woman. Best cage rage. Best movie you heard was great but never got around to it. <laughs> yep, lots of those. Best coin slot in low-rise jeans. Best animal actor. Best animated food item. Best animated food item anthropomorphized. <laughs> that was all Sean. <laughs> best so visual existential crisis. Best original existential crisis. Um, best male comic to dramatic actor transition performance. Best butt belonging to a guy named Chris. Best movie your mom won't shut up about, but we get it, mom, you like the movie. Uh, Foreign film that was so good, I actually convinced your dad to read the subtitles. That was Gina. (laughs) Um, Best movie that your mom had been trying to persuade your dad to see, but then your uncle saw it, told your dad about it, and now he has to feel like it's his idea to go see it. I love how that one keeps going. That's all, Gina. Uh, this is Dave. Best movie your friend had a bit part in and acts like he was in the st- he was the star. Yes, Terry, I saw you. Yeah, you were great. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Um, and then Sarah goes on with best Oscar nominated movie from last year because now it's on HBO and we actually seen it. <laughs> best animated film not put out by Disney or Pixar. Oh, best uh, movie starring that yeah, one guy this year. Um, oh, this is my personal favorite. Uh, best costume design featuring dresses with pockets. And uh, best movie starring that one guy from your mom's cheat list. And the honorary Oscar for the only studio film directed by a woman this year. Um, best dude disguised as a dude disguised as another dude. Movie most likely to get you pregnant. <laughs> going to Black Panther. Um, the Tom Hanks Award for excellence in not going full R word. Oh um, my god. <laughs> um, best foreign LGBTQ softcore film. <laughs> There's a lot of those. My Netflix randomly suggests a lot of them to me. I'm sure it does. Um, Very odd. This... I don't know what I watched to make that happen. Oh, good. So I hacked into your Netflix correctly. Oh, okay, yeah, just check girl, it. Girl, get it. The French a category. <laughs> <laughs> Best picture corrections from all the last decade because we all know Saving Private Ryan should have won over Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> um, best revisionist history. Oh God. And. And Glorious Bastards would have taken. Yeah, that one. God, I love that movie. That. Let me think. One more. Um, ba 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 ba. I think that's it. Oh, I would like yeah. to. I would like to propose the category of best beautiful actress gaining twenty pounds and wearing a fake nose. <laughs> yeah. Right. God, that'd be so good. Yeah. Yeah, so that was our Nerdonomy text thread um, category contribution. Oh, my God, yes. Um, 
Okay, so I think we have a long uh, a long overdue piece of feedback we have to share. Yeah. So if let's just get into it. Listener feedback. Yeah. So you guys don't listen to the show regularly, but I we do, have, I do. You do listen to the show regularly? Okay, well, a <laughs> You're cool on the call. automatic download. <gasps> thank you uh, for well, that. Thank you very much. So we have a listener named Ellie. Oh who, my god. Yes. <laughs> who she's been because she's like, you know, in high school and everything. So she's been very busy like with being ready for the SAT and everything. But she just recently wrote another email back. And the subject is what's up, fuckers? <laughs> she's so uh, eloquent for a teenager. Says, Filthy and I oh, Andrew, this her. is an explicit podcast. I don't know. No, I just I can't okay, I can't yeah, wait to see how this email turns out. Hi everyone, it's Ellie. Come to haunt Sean once again. She makes Sean asks for hate. Feedback. Okay, and when so Ellie she provides. and she provides. Um, I'm sorry, I haven't fed your backs in a while, but uh, I have been caught in a long and arduous battle with the SAT monster, the doom of adolescence. Uh, mm. I, I'm pretty sure that it has a connection to the killer robots that destroyed the my alternate timeline. I'll explain later, <laughs> Andrew. Um, but I still don't have evidence to link them together. But anyways, between my battling high school and tearing my time father's asshole open every once in a while. Uh, I have indeed found time to be a nerd. Shakespeare is one of my favorite authors. I've read five on uh, six of his plays, but I my favorite is definitely King Henry the Fourth, Part One. I will give you a full thirty seconds to ridicule me for this. Yeah, that's a deep cut, Ellie. Done. Okay. Um, I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Now, Henry the Fourth, Part One is most famous for a the main character not actually being Henry the Fourth. B the main character, the real main character, being portrayed by Tom Hiddleston uh, that one time. And C, wait for it, insults. <laughs> and now you can now you know why it's my favorite. Since most of these insults can apply extremely well to my time father, aka Sean, uh, I wanted to share them with you. So here we go, Sean. You most clearly represent Falstaff, the useless fat old knight that Prince Hal, the main character, hangs around for no good reason. Oh, Sean is a total Falstaff. <laughs> All this guy does is drink sack, which is wine, uh, and <laughs> makes a fool of himself. Enough nerding. Here we go for real this time. Uh, how now, Woolsack? What mutters you? <laughs> thy rabbit-sucking self uh, must need rest from carrying thy weight all day. Thou naughty-pated fool... Uh, Gorbellied knave, you parakeeto. Um <laughs> A weasel hath not such a deal of spleen. Thou clay-brained guts, thou greasy tallow catch, mad-eyed ape. Now <laughs> these are my personal favorites. Thou art a horse and round man, a caterpillar of the highest order. Uh, why, you bull's pizzle, you bolting hatch of beasti- uh, beastliness, bed presser, you horseback breaker, you huge hill of flesh. <laughs> Alrighty, that's all for now. I hope this gives you some extra material while we're waiting for Sean to get his damn shit together and write the next chapter of the Time Daughter <laughs> saga. Um, Sean, make sure it's iambic pentameter when you do it. <laughs> And of course, tear Sean's asshole uh, just a tad, unless he didn't understand any of this, which is understandable considering that his brain is made of a nice age mixture of clay, shark fear, and uh, and dog poo, and subtle <laughs> notes and undertones of whatever the fuck he talks about uh, on the whiskey reel. Love, Ellie. <laughs> P.S. Uh, that was something about a technical issue. Ellie. <laughs> You're doing God's work, Ellie. Yeah. Ellie, it Taking takes a brave person to dare to try to like write things in Elizabethan English. <laughs> well done. Yeah, Holy girl. Holy shit. Um, mm. 
I, I, wow. Just wow. That's amazing. Um, we don't really have much other feedback to share. We don't need I mean, much else. That, that pretty much top Exactly. It. How can you top <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. Um, but we do have a very special announcement that we'd like to share. So, Roxy, are you ready for this? Never. Never ready for it, but okay. go ahead. Rip that Band-Aid off, Brian. Yeah, rip that Band-Aid off. So, guys, you'll notice that Sean's not here. Gina's not here. They're not leaving the show. But mm. you'll notice that we've kind of had this thing going on where we haven't had the same hosts consistently for six months now. And we kind of had a talk. And we decided that, you know what, it was time, it was time to change things up. You know, Nerdonomy has been doing two podcasts and then now one podcast for the last two years. And I think we're at a point now where it's not who we are anymore. Now, I'm not saying the podcast is ending because I know that's what you might think by that statement. Not at all. <gasps> but it is changing. Crashing we're evolving. And it, it's evolving. And much like the phoenix burns up from its ashes, shall rise a new form. Right, so um, we're gonna take a break with this episode. It'll be several months from now. Um, but the good news is that when we come back, the show is going to be something new, and it's going to be something that reflects who we really are—not just being film nerds, but also being nerds who have They're we're nerds. just who are just we're passionate and nerdy about <laughs> all of culture, not just film. We'll be able to talk about theater. We'll be able to talk about comic books. We'll be able to talk about technology we'll be able to talk about tv which we rarely talk about nerds on tv has been trying to happen for years you guys you have no idea you let it slip every (laughs) once in a while in an episode it's just like i want to talk about what i've been watching on netflix but i can't seriously (laughs) and dave especially have been trying to do it and it's the the nerds on tv portion of this thing and i'm so sad it hasn't happened until time the timing is everything right so i appreciate what brian is saying the timing has come Exactly. Nerds on cake and murder. And I also <laughs> would be remiss in my duties if I didn't say that also means we'll be able to work in some history episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric has been itching to get back onto it. Sarah has been open to it. And I think this allows us the ability to do that without recommitting to a full Nerds on History reboot. And so what that makes begs the question, well, what are we going to be? We're not nerds on film. We're not nerds on TV. We're not nerds on words. We're not nerds on comics. We're not nerds on books. What are we? It's very simple. We are nerdonomy at that point. Yeah. So Ooh, that we... just gave me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, you got <laughs> to put some good music under that. Yeah. <laughs> so well said, Brian. So that's what you have to look forward to. Hopefully, we'll be able to get we'll be able to release it sometime this summer. But um, sad to say, this is kind of the last episode of Nerds on Film in its current form. We will still do yeah. film episodes, guys. That yeah. being said, and we will also have able to have rotating guests, rotating hosts mm-hmm. for that matter, for that reason. So, you know, Haley could come on and do a Nerds on Theater episode. <laughs> I, have a mas- I have a master's in singing and dancing. That yeah. is so rad. You totally should. Uh, Andrew oh my gosh. could come on and we can do an episode on cattiness. And- ah! <laughs> oh, was that my shade? I appreciate you caught me off guard with that, sir. I would be, I, I am PhD so there that. for that. Yeah, you could do a whole thing on drag race. <laughs> yes. 
oh my god we should talk about Ch- racer chaser and win oh, the whole time that's like the only podcast that i start okay we're gonna talk offline about that Yay! That's okay a podcast I <laughs> no but i need I'm to excited. listen to this one now too all of the ones i missed <laughs> just work but, your way yes. back there's okay there's only 206 episodes you know but don't worry by the time glenn close wins her oscar i'll have listened to all of stuff too soon oh shoot he said it so guys um with that, I guess we just have to say, you know what? Um, keep sending, keep talking to us. Keep sending us feedback for ideas because we want. Because honestly, you know, we don't have the show without our audience. And yeah, ideas for how what you would like to see from the new show um, will matter. So the way you can do that is you can go to nerdonomy.com and you can click on that talk to us button, which will send us all an email to our inboxes. Um, while you're at nerdonomy.com, you can also, by the way, support us by either giving us a little donation. Or sending us a t-shirt or buying us sending us a t-shirt no buying a t-shirt from us to send to you um, send us your clothes yeah exactly <laughs> send, us your, send us your clothes it's like you're very poor <laughs> <laughs> we use them for insulation um clothes me i'm poor yeah the money you give us goes to keeping your anonymity afloat it does not go to our pockets um you can also follow us on our uh our social media um by just googling us at nerdonomy you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram but the most important thing you can do is spread the word nerd like a bird turd. Um, tell your friends, family, elected officials, clergymen, school teachers, uh, tutoring students, uh, coworkers, anybody you know about our show. Because we want to build our audience and we need you to make that possible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to give you a special thank you to Haley for being on the show again and Yay! Andrew for sticking around the whole time this time. Ah, and thanks. thanks yeah, yeah, thank you guys for having thank us. Thank you for so having us. Thank this you is for just being wonderful. here. I'm glad you guys felt that thank way. Thank you for making me a part of this. <laughs> oh, she said it! Oh I mean, my god, I love, I love her. I mean, I love cinema. I love films. Yeah. And oh. yeah, this is just a way to make yeah. it even more special after the end of a fun season. Yeah. And of course, Yay. thank you to my wife for being on the show I again. Live here. Yeah. <laughs> this is like your sixth time in the last Fuck it, I live here. three months being on the show. Oh, um, and with that guys, you know, we gotta get out of here, but until we meet again, stay nerdy. Tune into our next exciting episode of I guess Nerdonomy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not the same nerd time. Not the same nerd channel. Well it will but it will be the same nerd channel. Nerdonomy.com. See ya. Bye. 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 And roll credits. movie quotes you should not say during sex did you just look at me did you look at me look at me how dare you close your eyes <laughs> that was so good i love the commitment i was feeling it i was feeling the spirit that was great that was beautiful well done